All right, well, we're going to jump into this morning's message. I can't believe it. We're already in part 10 of the hidden kingdom. And we're going to talk about a specific concept this morning um, that we're just going to call people of peace. People of peace. And so let's pray and just invite the Lord to be our teacher and our guide as we jump into this this morning. And I want to encourage you guys, um, we are building upon some things we have covered up to this point. Um, But I don't want you to feel like you've missed out or you're behind if you've missed something, okay? We're talking very specifically this morning about one aspect of being disciples of Jesus. We believe that being a disciple of Jesus means that you are a person who has purpose to follow Jesus in real living relationship. That you are inviting him to grow and change you. That he is, he is making us new. He's working all kinds of incredible things in us as he's growing us and shaping us. And so we're being changed by him. Uh, but the third piece of being a disciple of Jesus is being on mission with him. And so much of our view of discipleship in the American church has been focused on the first two. How do I build a relationship and how do I grow? And, and we make it very kind of focused on me growing and maturing. And we forget that he intended for his disciples to turn around and give away what they were receiving. And so this morning's message is primarily focused on our mission, on our mission to participate with Jesus in sharing his kingdom. So let's pray, let's prepare our hearts, and let's invite the Lord to to speak to us this morning. So Jesus, we look to you, our master and our guide. We thank you for the life that we have in you. Jesus, we thank you that we can know you and walk with you, grow in relationship with you. We thank you that you stick with us through the ups and downs of life as we're growing, as we're changing. God, when we have those mountaintop experiences, when we struggle along the way, when we're in the valley, Jesus, that you're there every step of the way. And Lord, my prayer this morning is that we wouldn't just hear your invitation, but we would feel equipped. We would find ourselves prepared to be on mission with you, to live purposeful lives, to share the good news of your kingdom with those around us. And so Holy Spirit, would you come be our teacher, be our guide. May your word come alive in our lives and may we, may we put it into practice. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so first and foremost, I just, I want to lay a, a foundation. And so um, we're going to primarily be in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10 this morning. And so if you want to go ahead and, and turn there, we'll have scriptures on the screen as well. Um, but I want to lay this kind of foundation for us being on mission with Jesus. And so our, our main passage, Jesus is talking specifically to the 12 disciples, Now, Luke's gospel also records another very similar moment where a larger group that was around Jesus, the 72 that were around him, also get sent out to minister the same way the disciples are sent here. Um, And then in a minute, we're going to refresh our own memory that Jesus has sent all of us. All right, it's known as the Great Commission at the end of Matthew's gospel. He sent all of us. But I want you to hear some of his specific instructions to the 12 disciples because they're, they're very intentional and purposeful for that moment, but I believe they give all of us some guidance and direction on how we have been sent as well. So Matthew's gospel, chapter 10, beginning in verse 5. These 12, Jesus sent out instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans. 
So, so Jesus hates Gentiles and Samaritans, right? No. No, he's giving them a specific focus. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Or in other words, the kingdom of heaven is here. It's present. It's available. Go be a carrier of the good news that my kingdom is available. And as you go, verse eight, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff for the laborer deserves his food. So Jesus sends out these 12 guys. He's just named them his official disciples. That's the handful of verses before this. And he's now sending them out. And I just, I want you to pick up a few things. First of all, he, he gives them a specific focus, a specific audience. Go to these people. And, and we're gonna build on this more later in the message, but he's sending them to people that they know, that they're familiar with. This is the culture they lived in the people that they were around. And he's saying, I want you to go with, with purpose and intentionality into, into these cities where I've placed you and be a carrier of my kingdom. Go to those people. And then he lets them know, not only do you have a clear message, but you're gonna go forward with some power. You're gonna have some ability to carry with you the life that I offer. And so, you're gonna bring new life. You're gonna see healing. You're gonna see people cleansed. You're gonna see people set free. I'm giving you what you need for this. And then he gets really specific. He starts listing tangible things and he's saying, don't worry about your needs. That's, that's the overarching thing. Don't worry about your needs, they'll be met. Don't worry about it. What you have is enough. Go forward. In fact, what you need will be provided for you. It will be provided for you. Now, I want you all to pause and think about this for a minute. I, I really believe that, that many followers of Jesus would like to be carriers of his kingdom, would like to be the kind of folks who can be on mission with Jesus and really carry and share what he offers. But I believe a lot of his instructions right here to the 12 disciples, they, they reveal some of the very places where we get stuck. I think a lot of us hit the obstacle of like, I'm not even sure who I should go to. And in fact, I've done this. I don't know if you've ever done this. When I've thought about going and being a little evangelistic, you know, sharing the gospel, I imagine the scariest thing for me like the thing that would make me the most uncomfortable, the people that I would go to that would make me the most nervous. And it just, it immediately like creates an obstacle for me. Or I'm very aware of my lack. I go, man, Jesus, I don't know if I can communicate your kingdom very well. And I, I believe you're a miracle working God, but that moves me into some nervous territory, man. I, I don't know that I've ever prayed with anybody and watched him get healed. Raise the dead. I can't imagine going into a funeral and praying that the person in the casket comes forth like Lazarus. I mean, it just, 
what we're doing is we're thinking about what we bring to the table. But Jesus is saying, you, you already have enough because you have me. I'm giving you what you need. Don't be wrapped up in what you don't have. In fact, don't even try to, try to stockpile for the journey for a false sense of security. You've got me and that's enough. And so go. Your needs will be met. You'll be provided for. Don't worry. And listen, I'm sending you into a group of people that, man, you can talk to them. You've got something to offer them. And so to help us see that this this goes beyond just this moment, let's take a look just briefly at what we refer to as the Great Commission. And so now Jesus has has gone through his death and burial and resurrection. And so Matthew records some, some kind of final words that he shares with not only his 12 disciples, but all of those who have gathered and followed him. And so Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. There's the power that is needed to change lives. All authority has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So he's not leaving out the Gentiles. He's not leaving out the Samaritans. There's a spot for them. Go to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. All of us as followers of Jesus have been commissioned to go forth. And Jesus wants us to know you're not going alone. You don't have all power. I don't have all power. In fact, I got like none. (laughs) But he does. And he's with me. Friends, if you get nothing else out of this, when you think of, of mission, whether it's literally going out onto the mission field of a foreign country or it's just being on mission in your neighborhood, when you think about mission, don't think about something God told you to go do by yourself. Hear him inviting you to join him in what he's already doing. He is already on mission working in people's lives and he's inviting you to join him and he wants you to know he's got everything you need. Don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you, you don't know enough, you don't have enough, you're gonna say the wrong thing, you're not gonna have what you need. Jesus says, I'm with you and I've got all the power and I've got all the authority, therefore you go you go, all right? Now, to give us a framework of how to, how to view ourselves here. So Jesus, in Matthew 10, sends his disciples in very specific ways. In Matthew 28, it seems broad, but I, I don't believe it's broad. He's just making it clear, I want this to spread everywhere. But Jesus calls us specifically to certain times and places and seasons and locations, And so let's take a look at Paul's words in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and and kind of hear his heartbeat on on who we're called to be. 2 Corinthians 5, we're going to read verses 17 through 20. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So anyone, if if we are in Christ, if you're sitting here this morning and you are in Christ, you have a relationship with him, That's you. You're anyone. 
I'm anyone. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So God has changed us. He's made us new. Maybe I'm still aware of a lot of the old that needs to become new, but the truth is he has made me new. He's reconciled me to God. I I am right with God. I'm connected with God. I've been reintegrated into the relationship I was made for. And so I am now connected with the creator of the universe who loves me. And he has given me, he's given all of us the ministry of reconciliation. We get to share this with other people, that they can be reconnected with this God who loves them. And so that is that in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Think about that. He's entrusted this message to us. I can only stand up here today because someone else took that seriously. Someone else took seriously the fact that Jesus had entrusted them with his heart, with his message that God wants to reconcile the world to himself. And because someone took that seriously and they passed that on to someone else who passed it on to someone else who passed it on to someone else, that 2,000 years later, I can now say, I've been reconciled to God. He's not holding my trespasses against me. Thank God. I've been reconciled to him. And now this good news that I have received that has set me free and changed my life, what a gift that God would allow me to be entrusted with that and carry it to someone else. I get to share this very good thing that I've received. And and what he's given me is enough. I don't have to worry about my shortcomings, my past failings. I get to carry this good news. Friends, I, I wonder how many followers of Jesus have grown stagnant in our relationship with him. And, you know, we attend church, we're singing the songs, we're hearing the messages, and some time passes, and we get into that comfortable place in our relationship with him, you know, where it's like our faith is like slipping on an old comfortable pair of shoes, and it's like these are good, they're fine. And maybe we've even found ourselves in some of those seasons where we've wondered, like, why has the fire gone out a little bit? Why don't I feel that same tenderness, freshness with the Lord? And I believe that one of the possible reasons is that some of the joy that continues in our walk with him is when we partner with him to touch other people's lives. It's like it's a whole new level of relationship. And that I'll discover this new love and passion and joy when I get to work with him to love other people. And it it reignites me, it re-energizes me. I mean, there's just nothing like watching the light bulb go off for somebody else. There's nothing like having that, that moment of joy to go, whoa, this, how sweet, how special. A couple weekends ago, we, we had Easter weekend, and 
I preached a message out by the side of the river on Sunday morning. And man, I, I'm believing, you know, God used it to sow seeds or whatever, but we had a little moment where people could respond and nobody came forward after my message. But you know what happened on Good Friday when I didn't preach? And we just had the cross take center stage and we worshiped Jesus. An eight-year-old son tapped his father on the shoulder in the middle of the service and said, Dad, I want to give my life to Jesus. We all got to be a part of that. Whether you knew it or not, you were a part of that as we gathered and worshiped our Savior and looked to him. A young heart just went, yes, yes to that, yes to being reconciled to God. There's nothing like those moments where we go, God, you let me be a small part of that. And so he's, he's inviting us into that. And so this all leads to verse 20. He says, therefore, Paul says, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Now think about what an ambassador is. An ambassador is someone who is in a foreign country and they represent their home country. But an ambassador is a really unique person because, you know, for example, no one is going to ask me to be the United States ambassador to China. One of the primary reasons is I don't speak Chinese. <laughs> I don't know the culture. I don't know the people. And so an ambassador is uniquely placed because they can carry well the mission, the message, the purpose of their home country, but they also are perfectly placed to communicate and build relationship to the country they've been put in. I am able to communicate well with these people. I, I, I have kind of some built-in connections. See, this is what the scripture talks about when it says we're in the world, not of it. Friends, I believe that we are all ambassadors. And I, I do believe that Jesus may call you to some very specific things that stretch you out of your comfort zone. Maybe he calls you to a new place. He does that, absolutely. But I believe for many of us, we are ambassadors right here, right now, where we are. And you are perfectly positioned around specific people in your life to be a carrier of this good news. And so what I want to do, um, kind of the, the rest of this message this morning, is I just really want to talk to you about two specific things, all right? I want to talk to you about the who, and I want to talk to you about how. I want us to feel a little equipped this morning. Who am I an ambassador to, and how do I go about doing that? All right? So let's jump back into Matthew chapter 10, and we're going to get a little insight into this. It already kind of started with that idea of, Go specifically to the lost sheep of Israel. You know, have this focus, have this intentionality. And now Jesus builds on this. So Matthew 10, verse 11. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. 
What Jesus is communicating here is when, when you go out into the world to be a carrier of the kingdom, go into the places where there is space for you. This idea of find someone who's worthy, it doesn't mean someone who's like good enough to receive the kingdom. It's, it's not really a great translation. The idea is someone who's open, someone who's willing to host you, to receive you into their life, into their home. Go to those who are open. And if they're not open, he doesn't say force your way in. He says, you know what? It's all right. Dust your feet off. Move on to the next opportunity. We don't have to answer for other people's responses. We're just called to go. Now, Luke talks about this, and he uses some really cool wording. So in Luke's gospel, chapter 10, when Jesus sends out the 72, he uses some similar wording, but I want you to hear some specific language that Luke uses. This is Luke 10, verses 5 through 8. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Friends, I I want you to hear this. This is the title of the message this morning. When we think about being an ambassador, I want you to think about this. People of peace, people of peace. So much of what passes as sharing the gospel is nothing more than shouting and arguing. And Jesus says, first of all, let's be people of peace. When we arrive to bring the good news of kingdom, I am carrying the peace of God. I I enter into that conversation bringing peace with me. That's the whole point is God wants to make peace. And so I'm there to bring reconciliation. Have any of you ever had the unfortunate circumstance of being a mediator where you're trying to help two people that are at odds with each other make peace? Unfortunately, I've had to do that, and it is not fun. (laughs) The only hope of any kind of reconciliation, a circumstance like that, is if at least one of the parties has laid their sword and shield down. They didn't show up for a fight. They showed up to reconcile. Friends, Jesus has laid down the sword and the shield. He shows up with a heart to reconcile. Now, the scripture does make clear that he's returning one day. When he does... He's on that horse, <laughs> and he's got the sword, and he comes in all power and all authority. But he, he is delaying so that we can be carriers of the gospel of peace. A- am I showing up with his message that he's made peace? In fact, he so laid down his sword, he let other people kill him. That's how he brought peace. He laid his life down sacrificially. And so we come in peace, communicating that there is a God of peace who wants to reconcile. And so then where the magic can happen is when I show up as a person of peace and there, there is this other person who is open, whose life is open. They're receptive to me. 
they're willing to hear. And they are a person of peace. Man, now we just camp out for a while. Hang out there. Spend time with them. Share meals with them. You notice how it's life on life? This isn't just like go and throw tracks at people and hit the road. Like build relationship. Be in their home. Have a meal. Invest in people. Friends, I want to encourage you to begin to think like this. Who are the people of peace in my life? Where in my life are there people who are open to me, first and foremost? Is there a neighbor that, that smiles at me, that waves at me when I drive by? Is there some mom or dad at my kid's ball game? We just always end up kind of sitting by each other, and there's, we have some conversation. Like, like who's open to me? Who, who has God placed in my life that I can be a carrier of the good news? And I, I can begin to go, okay, God, this, this relationship seems open. How can I step into this with a little more intentionality? How can I be a carrier of your good news? See, friends, if we don't think about who, we'll never get to the what. <laughs> we'll never get to the activity of sharing the gospel of Jesus. But if we begin to be prayerfully and thoughtfully look around and go, Jesus, if you are standing here with me right now, as I go to start my day, and we were to have a similar conversation with this, who would you be telling me to hone in on? What coworker? What neighbor? What friend? And God, where can we have an open door? And then find common ground. Find a place. Is this making sense, guys? I'm not saying there isn't a time or a place for stepping into hard situations and and all. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is as as a starting point, as a matter of, of, as a mode of operation in our lives. Jesus, I'm an ambassador right here in this place where you've put me, whose life is open to me? Where is their space? Where is their room? Where is their connection? And then let's lean into that. Let's build a relationship. Let's invite somebody over for dinner. Let's sit on their porch, have some lemonade, you know, whatever. Like, let's be open and bring peace, and see who might be open to us. Is this making sense to you guys? I want to encourage you to think about that. Jesus, who are the people of peace in my life? Okay, now, verse 16. This is our last verse this morning. Verse 16. So, we've been sent, and we know who we're being sent to, and so now, how do we do this? Jesus says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Well, that doesn't seem like very good news. <laughs> Sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent or harmless as doves. Friends, you are called to be a sheep, a snake, and a dove. <laughs> a sheep, a snake, and a dove. We'll get to the snake in just a minute because that's always a little weird. Wait a minute, I'm supposed to be a snake? What are you talking about? He gives us this this visual picture. He he tells us, you're being sent as sheep in the midst of wolves. Listen, here's what he's saying. You better be prepared. You might get attacked at times. You might get attacked at times. There are wolves out there, and they're not going to be happy (laughs) when the sheep show up. But he says, that's how I'm sending you. As people of peace, I'm sending you as a sheep. 
Friends, the temptation is real as followers of Jesus that when we face opposition, we face difficulty, we face attack, for us to shift gears and become a wolf and to attack right back. And Jesus never called us to operate like that. We're called to be carriers of peace. You know how a sheep is protected? Not by protecting themselves. How's a sheep protected against a wolf? The shepherd. The shepherd is with me. And there's a really good chance that some of the very people that I would identify as a wolf that I need to start fighting, he recognizes them as wounded sheep. And it's the very kind of person he wants to reach. But if I'm going to make a quick assumption that they're a wolf and then I'm going to turn into one to fight and protect, when instead the good shepherd is with me, he'll take care of me, he'll protect me. Listen, some of the most dangerous animals are the wounded ones, right? They're the ones where you'll get hurt. Yeah, people are like that too. Some of the people I've wounded the most, it's been out of my own hurt and wounding. When I've been hurt and wounded along the way with Jesus, and I've gone through hard stuff, and, and I, I have been hurt, and it's by someone else who's wounded. And it does neither of us any good if I just turn around and attack. And so he knowingly sends us out as sheep among wolves because we're trusting the good shepherd to sort it all out. We're trusting the good shepherd to redeem sheep, to heal them, to bring them into the fold. We're trusting him to protect us along the way. And so let's go as sheep. Secondly, it says be wise as serpents. Wise as serpents. All right? So he's not saying go out like a rattlesnake and like, you know, latch onto people and get them. Be wise as a serpent. So think about this. How, how does a serpent operate? How do they hunt? Well, they're patient. Very few snakes go chasing after their prey. They're patient. They wait. They let, they let their prey come to them. They're patient and they're observant. They're observant. They're watching. They're waiting. All right? And listen, here's another cool thing about a snake. They blend into their surroundings. I've learned this firsthand by accidentally walking up on a few snakes in my life. And it's, it is a startling moment. Um, we, my, my parents had a house uh, back in middle Tennessee for a while. And near their property was this creek. And so me and my brother would go down there and we'd take slingshots or like a BB gun and we would walk along the banks and we would look for snakes to like kill. Um, you know, whatever, we're guys, we're, we're looking for snakes. And I'll never forget this one moment, you know, we're hunting snakes and we're walking along and looking and looking and I'm like this and all of a sudden, whoa, I mean, there is one right here on a rock like this. And I mean, I about jumped out of my pants. I actually jumped down into the creek bed. I was so freaked out by the snake that was right there. But he had blended in so well. They blend into their surroundings. They're patient. They're observant. They blend in. And their timing is just right. When the prey is there, boom, they strike. Now, don't think about this in an aggressive, attacking kind of a way. Hear the wisdom Jesus is giving us. Friends, when we're in relationship with people, let me be patient with them. They're not on my timeline. They're, they're kind of on their timeline, but really they're on his. 
And, you know, Jesus is doing stuff in people's lives when we're not around. I know, I know that's shocking, but, like, you know, during the course of the week when y'all don't see me, you're not thinking about me. You're living your life. And you know what? I'm probably not thinking about you, right? We're just, we're, we're, we're kind of, we're present with what's in front of us. But God is present all the time, and he's working. And so he calls me to, to step in with some wisdom and just learn to be patient and be observant. You know, pay attention to what's going on in the lives of people around me. Listen, observe. And think of camouflage like this. I'm, I'm a part of my environment. If I'm asking them to open up their life to me and I'm not willing to do the same thing, how are we ever gonna get close? They're not gonna share some real vulnerable thing they're going on to. They're not gonna deal with one of the most vulnerable things in the world like God my faith, my religion, my spirituality. Like these are, these are deep waters. Somebody's not just gonna, I mean, occasionally they will, but most people are not just gonna throw that right out there. But if, but if we come and we are willing to do the very thing we're inviting them to, if we're real, if we're vulnerable, if we're open, if we're living right there with them and we're walking in, in patience and we're observing and we're being real, there's an open invitation. And then there's that moment that comes where the Holy Spirit goes, this is it. This is the moment. You know, they, they throw out that thing. They ask that question. They share this moment. It's like, now I can speak. Now I can pray. I'm gonna have a way better sense of what that moment is if I'm investing time in them and if I'm praying for them when I'm not with them. See, if I'm patient and observant, I, begin, I can begin to recognize some things. Here's what they're going through. Here's what they're struggling with. Here's what's going on in their lives. And I can talk to the good shepherd about that. And maybe I'll just find out God used someone else at some moment to touch their life. Or maybe, just maybe, I'll get to participate in that. At the right moment, at the right time, boom. I get to share this thought, this word, this verse, this thing going on in my life where I can relate to where they're at. So I think as, as someone who's grown up in church, I'm aware of this, and maybe it was my own perception of things, maybe it was what was communicated, but I feel like a lot of our conversation in church circles is just sort of trying to get people to do the stuff. Like, just get up and go be on mission and go evangelize, and it's, it's like we're just trying to stir people to go do stuff. And I don't know that we've taken enough time to think strategically. Like Jesus was strategic. And he taught his disciples to think this way. And he operated this way. Friends, he's, he's given us things that we need to learn to do this well. And so we go as a sheep in peace, letting him protect us. We go with wisdom, patient, observant, and timing. And then he tells us to go like a dove, harmless or innocent as a dove. So if when you hear serpent, you hear wise, when you hear dove, I want you to hear safe, safe. Wonder how many people out in the world, when they think of your average American Christian, if the word that comes to their mind is safe. There's someone who's safe, who's welcoming, who's inviting. That's there's the kind of person I want to go talk to when I need some help. Do they think of us as safe? 
some cool things about doves. This one blew my mind. Did you know that doves marry for life? So a dove is committed. They're committed. They're going to hang in there through the ups and downs. They're committed and they're relational. That's safe. When I can hang in there with people through the mess and the ups and downs, that's safe. Doves are calm and peaceful. I mean, they're literally a symbol for peace, right? They're calm and peaceful. They're non-threatening. They're not easily spooked either. They're peaceful and they're not easily scared off. So they're, they're committed, they're calm, they're peaceful, and they're not easily spooked. A couple of you guys have heard me share this story before, but when I was a kid, I had a slingshot. And I grew up in Texas, in Houston, and I remember playing in the backyard and kind of, we had one of those like, you know, whatever, eight-foot privacy fences, like those wooden fences, and there was um, power lines that kind of ran across like right above the backyard fence. And so I remember, I, you know, I had this slingshot, it was kind of new to me, and and there were these doves that were sitting right on the power lines. And so I'm sitting there and, and I, of course, I'm missing over and over again. But I'm trying to get it. And at one point, I mean, I whizzed one right past its beak. I mean, it had to have been within like a half inch. It didn't move. It didn't move. And so finally, after 10, 12 shots, I hit one. And I mean, it hits them square in the breast. I know, this is a really sad story, right? Hit some square in the breast. They flapped their wings. They moved over five feet and they just sat right back there again. <laughs> Doves are not easily spooked. <laughs> it took the hit and just hung out. Didn't care. It wasn't paying me any mind. Think about that. Doves, they're, they're safe. They're committed. They're not easily spooked. See, Jesus is calling us, calling us to be all these things together. I'm not just a snake. I'm not just a dove. I'm wise as a serpent. I'm harmless as a dove. I'm a safe place for people. They know they can count on me. I'm gonna be there for them. And you know what? If I get caught in the wake every now and then and hit a rock, it'll be all right. Wise as serpents, harmless as doves, he sends us out as sheep. I want you to, to think about this. I'm closing with this. I want to just give you some thoughts to consider. I want to encourage you. Think about this. Maybe today before it passes, or maybe you get up in the morning if you're a coffee drinker with a cup of coffee. But have some conversation with the Lord and just, just ask, Lord, who are my people of peace? Who are the people around me that I'm, I am an ambassador to them? You've placed me near them, around them. Who are my people of peace? And then, Lord, how can I be strategic to reach them? How can I be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove? What's the strategy? What's the thing? Do I invite them to a meal? You know, do I see them, see them out there in their yard doing something? I go give them a hand? I, you know, I don't know what it would be. You talk to him about that. But who are my people of peace? And Lord, what would it look like for me to have some strategy in how I can love them well? How I can be a carrier of the good news of your kingdom that is at hand. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are the good shepherd. Thank you that you care for your sheep. 
Thank you that as your sheep, we can come in and go out. We can find pasture. Thank you that you lead us by still waters and you restore our soul. Thank you for all all the things you do as our good shepherd. Jesus, I pray more and more as your people that we would have a real sense of being the ambassadors you have called us to be. God, would you open our eyes to recognize people in situations where we can not only be a carrier of peace, but but there's a person around us, people around us, who are open to us. And really, they're open to you. They're open to the Jesus in us. God, help us live with that sense of purpose and awareness. Lord, help us remember that you've given us some tools to equip us. We We can be wise and patient. We can be a safe place for people in a hard world. And Jesus, help us remember that you are with us always and that you have all power and authority. You've got what we need in order to love and minister well. Thank you for your kingdom that has come into our life. Lord, would you help us to be carriers of that kingdom to a world in need? It's in your name we pray, amen.